Carlsbad. People, purpose, and impact. An essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good morning and welcome, everyone. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I am the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, and I am your host today. And I'm very pleased to have with me Tracy Spangenberg. Did I say it right? You did. All right. You Tracy Spangenberg. She is the owner of TJS Consulting. Thanks for coming down and joining us today. Well, thank you. And I'm absolutely honored. Um, it's just an absolute pleasure. So really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I always like, you know, when we have these wonderful, distinct accents, I love to get into the background. So I know from my own little research that um, you originally were from South Africa. So tell us a little bit about, you know, there, growing up there and um, what you studied and, and then how that translated into coming here to the U.S. Well, thank you. Um, yes, so I was born in Durban, South Africa, which is along the... East Coast. It's very tropical. Um, lots of rain, lots of humidity. Ah. Um, best known for its surfing and sharks, I think. Those ah. are its two. Interesting combination. <laughs> <laughs> surfing amongst the sharks. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, in fact, the beaches there, you you don't swim unless there's shark nets. Um, ah. You have to be very selective about where you dabble your feet in the water. Um, oh, so it is, it is a little different than Carlsbad. Huh? A little different, a little different. <laughs> Um, so, yes, I uh, spent all of my, my childhood years in, in Durban and went to college at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. It is just the local, um, you know, province college there um, and studied pharmacy. It just fell into that by accident. Like 90% of the people that are graduating from high school, you go, what on earth am I going to do? Right. And you ask your mom, dad, uncles, and cousins, and, you know, everybody comes up with a suggestion. And, <laughs> so true. And that's uh, pretty much how I landed in pharmacy. It was a friend of my aunt owned a pharmacy, and maybe it was something vaguely I could possibly do. So I'm like, well, I have nothing else, uh, you know, more directional, so I'll do that. There um, you go. And that's how I ended up uh, in pharmacy. Wow. So you studied pharmacy, and then, and then, but you started working there in South Africa before you came over here. Is that correct? Yes. So um, graduated and then uh, needed to work uh, at a hospital, Johannesburg General Hospital. Mm -hmm. the, the financing system there, if you get a loan from the government, you need to work for them to pay it back, oh. which is fabulous because, yeah, you know, actually makes sense. it does make sense. Um, so I, I had a, a government bursary, so I needed to do my two years of service for them uh, nice. to pay it back. So worked at Johannesburg General, which is the largest hospital in, in the country. Just an amazing experience. Um, very famous for its oncology treatments and oh, so wow. on. After that, I uh, went to work in manufacturing. Um, I was manufacturing sterile products for Burroughs Welcome. It's a big pharma. Um, and we would make things like neosporin eye drops, okay. um, morphine injections, um, some products for the equine industry and so on. And so I was in charge of sterile manufacture there. Um, and then just had a, a tremendous opportunity to, um, was offered a job uh, to come and work in Southern California. Nice. Uh, for Save On Osco Drugstores. Okay. 
And um, so, still in pharma. Still in pharmacy, yes. Um, and uh, there was a shortage of pharmacists in in the U.S. at that time. There were not enough graduates coming out of the pharmacy schools here, so uh, they started to recruit internationally. And so, wow. had a had an interview um, with somebody and was offered a job. And they said, "Well, where do you where do you want to relocate to?" I, I actually had I could have picked anywhere. And so I bought a, a travel guide to California, Yeah, one of those tourist guides. And sure. I was flipping through the pages and, you know, San Francisco looked okay, just looked a little cold. And then got to San Diego, which was at the end of the book because yeah. it was alphabetical. And I'm like, oh, those beaches look kind of familiar. <laughs> you know, I think that would be a good spot. And so that's what I told him. I said, I want to come to San Diego. And Wow. That's how I ended up here. So. so where was your first, in, in San Diego County, where was your first uh, location? Escondido. Okay. Yes. So North um, County. North County. In fact, um, just a funny little little story. I'd never traveled to the U.S. before. Um, and wow. I was coming alone. And um, I, I think I was 28 at the time. And uh, so got off the airplane um, down in San Diego airport and I... The company arranged somebody, a fellow South African, to pick me up at the airport, and they literally had one of those little signs because they didn't know who I was. Yes. Um, And I show up, and then they drove me up to Escondido and dropped me in front of a motel where I was going to stay. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, now I've got to find an apartment. I've got to go rent, you know. Um, And I started work uh, about three days later, and I didn't know there was such a thing as a social security number. Sure. So they said, well, where's your social security card? And I'm going, well, what's that? Here's my passport. Yeah. You know, will this work? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so I had to walk around town uh, to, to go to the social security office and, and get everything going. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's interesting seeing it from an um, outsider perspective, you know, all the things we kind of just take for granted. Yes, yeah. yes. It's very interesting. So you came to the U.S. and you were continuing to work in pharmaceutical uh, businesses, line of work. But at some point, you shifted into your consulting practice, TJS Consulting. So walk us through that evolution a little bit. Yes. So spent um, a good uh, 15 plus years with Osco Savon drugstores. Okay. Um, you know, name familiar very much in this yes. area. Um, was a regional leader for them, mostly in Orange County, San Diego. And then uh, they went through a buyout, CVS and then SuperValue. And so the the company was split three ways. Um, And then I went with the SuperValue, which is the grocery chain um, outlet that supports Albertsons, um, Kroger, and so on. And and did that for a few years and felt like it was time to make a change um, and expand my career. Um, and so uh, friends of mine and adult colleagues worked at OptumRx, which is right here off Loker, actually. Oh, okay. And OptumRx is the mail order uh, pharmacy that supports United Health Group and United Healthcare. Yes. So it is the third largest mail service. I was going to say, that's going to be big. Very big yeah. um, in, uh, in the U.S. So I took the leap and, and went over to work for OptumRx and uh, was with them for about nine years. Um, a variety of different leadership roles, sure. um, you know, was their VP of operations for the U.S. And we also established uh, two offshore locations. Um, and then my last role with them was uh, business and operations optimization, which kind of leads me towards uh, TGS Consulting. And that last role, I really had an opportunity to work 
across multiple business segments within United Health Group and, and OptumRx, really tying uh, businesses together, smoothing out disruptions, um, and operationally optimizing it. Loved it. Nice. Absolutely loved it. And um, part of my leadership experience was um, getting to know people really well and aligning them very closely to their talents. Yes. It made my job as an operations leader so much easier yeah. because if you put the person in the right place, you don't need to manage them. Right. They that makes just sense. Yeah. they just run. Yeah. And then not only are they happy and successful, but the organization thrives at the same time. And so in September of last last year, um, I had an opportunity to another again, uh, you know, redirect my career. And I thought, you know, I've got all these years of experience of leading people um, and and changing operations and organizations. Um, how can I take that? How can I use that core talent of mine and apply it and help others? Um, and so I, I created a, a program called Finding Finding Your Genius. Nice. Um, and it's really using all those years of leading people and my experience at being able to understand what they bring to the table. What are their God-given gifts? Yes. And allowing them to have illumination on it. Mm -hmm. um, my experience, um, even in TJS with the various clients I've worked with, is about 90% of people do not understand what their core talents are. A variety of ages, young as 18 or as old as 75, there's this doubt. Mm. You know, am I really fulfilling my purpose? Have I really harnessed my my, my right. talents right and so the work I do is just incredibly fulfilling um, and just so exciting to have people feel excited about who they are I love that we're gonna actually take a brief pause right now we're talking to Tracy Spangenberg the owner of TJS consulting and when we come back we're gonna unpack a little bit more about finding the genius within organizations and we will be back in just a moment So Tracy, when we were just took a, a pause there, you were starting to kind of unpack for us um, the the beauty of helping people un find their passion. I love on your website how it says, "Harvesting the collective genius in any organization is the secret sauce." And I feel like you've kind of started to unpack that a little bit, but I'd love for you to share more and and dive into that and tell us about that. Well, thank you for that question because that really is the essence of, of what I really want to accomplish, um, not just for individuals but for organizations. Um, each of us are gifted with a unique set of talents and they're unique as fingerprints. Yes. Um, not one person is the same. Um, and there's many self-help books out there. There's leadership coaching books out there. And people are always in this quest to be able to find the, the, the absolute recipe for them to be successful or the recipe so for them to find themselves. They'll never find the exact one mm. because they are unique. So it's going to always be this quest of reading and understanding and learning, but adapting it to who you are. Yeah. Um, and never measuring yourself against another person because you are the only gold standard for yourself. And so those are things that need to resonate with people. Part of that is how it applies to an organization. So um, harvesting the collective genius is really looking at an operation from end to end. You'll have an organization that has strategic goals, a mission, and a vision. 
Um, and in order to accomplish that, they need to be able to put strategic plans together. Yes. They require people to execute on it. Yes. And about 90% of businesses, according to Harvard Business School, fail to execute on their strategic plans. Did you say 90%? 90%. Yeah. And, and you can have all of the strategic plans. It's just ink on paper unless you can bring it to life. Yep. That's so true. And so the secret to really executing on your strategic plans is, is understanding who is going to be doing what in order to accomplish the end goal. In addition, the who that is doing it needs to understand what the end goal is. Right. And so that you get everybody paddling in the same direction. There's just our human nature is designed to be able to work together as a team. You know, you look at sports fans behind certain football teams or baseball teams. There's that energy and synergy that comes when people are united around something that they are passionate about and feel good being together. There's this camaraderie that develops among strangers. Can you imagine the camaraderie that would develop in an organization? Yeah. Where they are all united and aligned to the strategic vision and mission of the organization. Sure. They're super clear about what wants to what needs to be accomplished. But more importantly, they're very clear about what their role is in getting there. And their role needs to be aligned to what talents they bring to the table. And I like to think of people like Swiss Army knives. Mm-hmm. So many people have multiple dimensions. Right. You know, you can be an incredibly creative individual, but you also have this great analytical skill, and maybe you're a visionary as well. Or maybe you're very analytical, but maybe you have a creative talent in music or other aspects. Um, And really peeling back who that person is, the entire person will allow an organization, especially a small business, to be able to leverage the individual for multiple functions within that organization so you get far more done with less and you get people far more fulfilled because they're truly being leveraged for all the things that they bring to the table. Getting more done with less is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody listening to this who wouldn't like that. Um, that's I love that whole concept. I was looking uh, again at some of the things you you have on your website that talks about yourself and you describe yourself as a lifelong learner and adventurer. I like that um, bringing those two things together, learner and adventurer. So um, how has that played into this passion that you have right now to help co- companies with their you know, bringing their genius to the table? I think I have learned more in the last nine months than I have (laughs) in the last five years. Yeah. Um, And that is just feeding the fuel inside me. Um, And just just even launching a consulting business in itself is a whole conundrum. Yes. (laughs) You know, um, I've always worked for large organizations, never had to worry about marketing, or networking, yes. or how to really um, 
get your message across. Right. Uh, how to create an elevator speech in 19 <laughs> seconds, you know, at a at a first Friday breakfast, yes. you know. Um, so all of those things have led me to do a lot of research. Mm. Um, I've attended multiple forums, you know, there's plenty out there sure. uh, where people are willing to coach you and teach you on how to use social media, how to create videos, how to, um, you know, really get your message and succinctly out there, um, how to strategize, mm-hmm. you know, to grow your business. Um, and these are all brand new things. Yeah. And the adventure component is it. it's not natural for me to be out there in a networking environment. And so I find that very um, intimidating. Yeah. And uh, so that's my sense of adventure. But in addition, um, I put myself out there. Um, You know, I've been able to do some mini workshops for CEO groups. um, And I'm starting to uncover uh, some new things that I kind of sort of knew about myself, but I love that. I love that uh, forum of being able to teach and coach, you know. So I think that's how it ties in, you know, just this one thing leads to another and suddenly your eyes are open to whole new worlds that you have been closed off from in your prior career. That's great. Hopefully you're delving into this world of networking. Hopefully we've made it somewhat painless and uh, enjoyable as you've adventured into it. One of the services you you talk about, and you've you've talked about it a little bit in um, in different terms, but your business optimization, and you talk about how you have a proven five step process. Tell us about that five step process. Yeah, thank you. In fact, I'm I'm working with an organization right now, Donna and Encinitas, and they're struggling with employee turnover. Mm. Um, and it's a it really is a 17 year old business started in a garage. Wow. And has been incredibly successful, grown very fast. Yeah. But with that, you don't have the operational infrastructure. Right. You don't have the corporate strategic initiatives, mission, vision, and all of those things that come with a big, large organization and HR department. So my strategy is to, number one, define the strategy. Where do we want to go in one year, three years, five years? Is it clear? All right, once you've got that, what are the sub-strategies that need to happen in order to get there? And, And usually there's about five or six of those. That's step one. Step two is really understanding where's the current state where are we at? And you spend time with individuals working the various functions just to really see what is in place or what's not in place in order to be able to develop the gap analysis. Yeah. And then the third step is just good old-fashioned roadmap. How, okay, we've got these gaps. This is what we need to do to get towards our strategic goals. Let's get some action items and functionality down and align the right people to those functions with clear and concise expectations and deadlines and timelines. The fourth, which I consider probably one of the most important steps, is making sure you have a solid change management plan. Mm. Change management is about keeping your employees and your organization aligned to that vision, right, or that direction, because you can veer off very easily by bright and shiny objects and get yourself derailed. That's very so true. So you need this constant feedback loop to make sure, am I still on the right road? 
just as you would if you now using Google Maps, it makes sure that you take a left turn or a right turn. Um, you need to make sure that you are following your Google Map to the to the destination. Um, and so these this change management plan is multifaceted. It's about you know sort of town hallish you know upper leadership presentation or, or bringing employees along. It's about measuring employees and how do they have goals? Do they know what the goals are? Do they know what they need to strive for? But most, most important is the feedback from employees. Um, in my data on my Finding Your Genius program, over 50% of people are creative. Mm. If you're not tapping into the genius of the individuals on your team with yeah. their creativity, if you're stifling it in any way, you will never get the absolute brilliance out of what you have already on staff. And that is harvesting the collective genius, ah, is getting that. that feedback. So that's the fourth step. And then the fifth step is just making sure that everybody is uh, focused and measuring the results. If you don't have a way to measure when you've got where you need to go, um, that's really important. So making sure that there's a solid um, KPIs or, or key performance indicators so that you know when you've got there. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't have those kind of metrics that you know you're measuring, how do you know if you've been successful? Or not? No, yeah. or if you've reached your destination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's very true. So, with your background having been in in pharmacies and that kind of industry, are, do you specialize your consulting, or is it open to kind of any business, any? you know, any industry? You know, I'm really focused in on small businesses right now. Um, I I think that there's just so much that can be done to support them and support their growth. Um, you know, this country's founded on small businesses. So true. And um, just to be able to offer some support and help for small businesses to thrive and do more with less, um, to me, that is very compelling. Yeah. Um, so I want to be able to take all that background and experience that I have in operations, not make it overwhelming. You you can't bog a small business down with tons of spreadsheets and you know all some all of that bureaucracy that you can get in in a in a large organization, but just having some of that framework and structure will make a huge difference uh, often to the success um, of their of their business. Oh, that's wonderful. I was noticing you have a, a, a blog on your site and I, I, uh, one of the blog posts was a, a video you did called, um, farmers as entrepreneurs. And I thought that was just very interesting. Um, cause at least here in suburban America, I don't really ever think of farmers as entrepreneurs, <laughs> but you laid out why they actually are. And it was very clever in that whole value chain, resources, you know, those partnerships I thought was very clever um, and, and, but true. It was a great um, example. So that was great. And, and so anybody could, I'm assuming, could have subscribed to your blog? Yes. Yes, they absolutely can. Yeah. Um, I need to generate more. 
<laughs> yeah, well, don't and that's we all? part of that adventure yeah. part that you asked me yeah. about earlier. It was a little scary getting the first one out there, and I have a, a my plan is to at least publish once a month, and then hopefully ramp up from there because sure. the editing takes a. There we go. I've learned yeah. how to edit video now. I so know, right? <laughs> things you never thought you'd need you never, to know. Yeah. Well, this this podcast will, episode will be a great uh, entry on your blog um, once we get it out there to the public. So that'll be great. And speaking of which, uh, you know, blogs are, um, excuse me, not blogs, but podcasts are um, interesting animals. They go far and wide. So uh, somebody who hears this is maybe uh, learning about TGS consulting for the first time. How would they get in touch with you to learn more and see if you might be a good fit for them? Well, thank you for that question. You know, I have a, my website is uh, www.consultingwithtjs.com. Uh, so, you know, please visit me there. That would be great. And I just have a contact um, form to fill out and would love to chat to anybody who would be excited about finding who they have on their team and uh, really being able to leverage their resources to the optimal. Finding out their genius and getting that collective genius to come together, harvesting it. Harvesting it, yes. Harvesting it, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to come down and uh, share with us um, your experience and your passions. And uh, we appreciate it. And we look forward to continuing to see how this uh, grows for you. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute honor. And I have to say my experience with the Colesbad Chamber has just been phenomenal. You have amazing people as members very supportive and uh, could not have thought of a better partner for me to be able to take this new venture on. Oh, that's wonderful. We love hearing that. We love entrepreneurs. I love learning the story about, you know, what takes somebody from kind of a corporate background to starting their own, which is exactly what you did. And uh, we just love uh, coming shoulder to shoulder with uh, folks like you and, and others and doing our part to help them succeed. So look forward to continued growth. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.